Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast, a show focused on inspiring and empowering you to become a better writer. Come along as we deconstruct the tips, routines, and motivations of your favorite authors. In the end, it's all about getting your story onto the page. Welcome to episode 116, How Mark Tufo Writes. Welcome, my friends, to another episode where I get to dive into zombies. That's right. This is the first time on the podcast that I have been able to talk to an author who has written zombie fiction. And it's interesting because as I was preparing for this podcast, I realized we have an obsession with zombies, especially in storytelling. Mark and I dive into it. So I ask all my pressing zombie questions for Mark talk quite a bit about his process and his journey to becoming a storyteller. This is a good episode, especially for those who want to move into that self-publishing, indie publishing world. Mark is a great example. What's possible if you work hard and put out good work? I want to take a quick second, thank Mark for his time, for sharing so much with me in this episode. And now, my friends, here we are, the interview with Mark Tufo. Welcome to the How Writers Write podcast. I am your host, Brian, and today's very special guest is Mark Tufo. Mark is an author, former Marine, and father. He is the author of the series, of multiple series, I should say. Sorry about that. Mark is the author of multiple series, including the wildly popular zombie fallout novels. Mark's books are generally written in a first-person narrative style and is a crossover into several genres, including horror, science fiction, and comedy. His upcoming release, which is Zombie Fallout number 18 in the series, which is awesome, 18 books, will be released on August 16th, 2022 in the United States, so about five days from when we are recording this podcast. Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we were just um, talking about uh, the great state of Maine. I was saying I really wanted to get up there last year when we were traveling around in an RV um, and didn't get there. But but I would love to ask you a question about writing in remote places. Do you find do you find that you are your writing is influenced based on where you are sitting in the world? Like, do you think you would write uh, the same type of fiction if you lived in the middle of New York City as compared to if you live in Maine or live in Montana or Florida? Oh, that is an excellent question. Um, And it almost, it comes out with depends. Um, You know, when I go out here outside in the middle of the night and it's pitch black mm-hmm. and there's no noise or just some strange wildlife going on. Yeah, that, that does get your mind working. But honestly, I, I feel like I could write in the heart of New York City as well as I could out here in the in the woods of Maine. Yeah, I, I asked that question because I have um, I've been thinking a lot about. Dystopia. <laughs> One of the reasons I was so excited to talk to, talk to you was was because you write so much dystopia, um, so much like 
you know, the, these books that deal with the destruction of all things that we know and love and care about in the modern world, people, society, structures, whatever it might be. And so I wanted to ask you, um, what is it that you think we like about dystopia? What is it you think that that humans are attracted to and why we like to read and write about our like cataclysmic destruction? Uh, you know, I think, I want to say, well, maybe, I, I think a lot of it might have to do with boredom uh, of, maybe not boredom, but being in a rut of doing the same nine to five, of mm. getting up, getting ready, doing my commute, going to work, coming home, you know, half hour with the kids, going to bed, and then just wash, rinse, repeat. But whereas, you know, a dystopia event happens, some sort of an apocalyptic event, I mean, that just changes everything. I mean, it's just skews the entire world, and now you're in survival mode. And I, honestly, it's probably why I started writing the Zombie Fallout series, because I was thinking about all these things that could happen that would get me out of this rut that I was in and jobs that I didn't like. And, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, the more I wrote about <laughs> dystopian worlds, the more I realized I really do like a hot shower and uh, three <laughs> meals a day. And, you know, I, I maybe at this point in my life, I'm not as uh, adamant about the end of the world coming. Yeah. It, it the, the reason I asked those two questions back to back is, is it made me wonder Sometimes I wonder, you know, it's like when you stand out on a really dark night, like you said, um, and there's nothing around you and it's really quiet, you feel some sense of like primal fear, right? Like a vulnerability in a sense. And it seems like apocalyptic movies and books kind of touch on that same vulnerability. Like it, it starts to press on this idea that maybe things aren't as like we're not as safe and as buttoned up as we think we are and here lurking out in the shadows is something really awful have you have you found that with your own writing yeah i mean you know i would imagine all authors anybody's listening to this you, you the, the things you come up with in your own head you know can be uh terrifying and frightening <laughs> when you try to go to bed that night and you've got all these events transpiring through your head you know um and i think you know something about the apocalyptic genre it's cathartic too you know i mean it's a way to to release that tension that you can build up with the primal fears do you think that's like part of the reason why we like reading and writing it is it it is kind of like cathartic in a sense i do i think that's a part of it and then just to see how it would play out also you know obviously the story of it just like the pure curiosity of like, what would it actually be like? I mean, you know, look at how many folks are, you know, love those, uh, the murder mystery shows. And, um, you know, but I would imagine, I would hope the vast majority of folks watching those aren't into murder. Or, you know, they're not <laughs> looking for ways to, to skirt the law. So, yeah, I think it's a carthetic uh, experience. Hmm. This, I, I Like I said, I've been thinking a lot about dystopia um and it's whether not to times oh, yeah you know? yeah and and wondering about like the role of fiction like as as we're talking about dystopian we're thinking about like the role of fiction in a world that feels 
increasingly chaotic. That's um, yeah, and and increasingly, you know, also it's so hard to to feel settled, right? It's kind of like whatever we do as humans, there's always some uh, negative output of of our lives. You know, it's like even as conscious as we can possibly be, there's still some level of destruction we do in the world. And and I wonder if dystopia, in some ways, is a mirror into that. As you can tell, I'm like super deep into this thinking of like this dystopia. But as 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 our world feels super chaotic, like do you think that there's a broader role for this type of fiction to play? Oh, God, I'd, I'd hate to be believing that I'm you know prepping people to to living to live in these types of worlds. You know, I, I personally, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I'd survive much like some of my characters do. Um, I don't know. I think you might have uh, delved a little bit deeper into that uh, their realm than I have. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm spinning around it more. Yeah. So um, let's let's change gears then, because um, as I was prepping to talk to you as well, um, one of the things, one of the questions I had for you is wondering if you've like chopped this up is, what is it? Do you think we love about reading and writing about zombies specifically like vampires i get right like like i I get i get vampires you can see like the archetype that they attach themselves to frankenstein but like what is it that that we love about the zombies specifically i think you know i I don't you know i hate to make broad generalizations um but i think at least with the traditional slow zombie you know it it's something that most of us feel like an apocalypse we could survive you know it's not it's not any type of nuclear attack where just whole side whole parts of countries are wiped out you know it goes back to i can get out of my rut i can shoot zombies um they're non-human but you know and i don't know maybe even some folks that like enjoy the fact that they look human, you know, probably some of your service industry folks <laughs> yeah, you know, right. can take out some of their aggressions from a yeah. lot of people that make their lives miserable. Yeah. I've been working too much retail hours and zombie apocalypse <laughs> sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some vindication. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, that it, it's, it's interesting too. I was, I was, um, I was, I was thinking about like how everybody kind of likes the idea, not like, but but how it's like you said, it's way more attractive to be in like the slow moving zombie apocalypse. There's something almost exciting about that. And I was like, why in the world would we think that's exciting? It's such a like a morbid thing for people to attach to. It doesn't it doesn't quite make sense. Uh, you know, we, we all know that, you know, in, in all of these stories, that it's generally humans are the biggest monsters of all. And now you're actually attacking mm. a monster that has at least human roots to it, you know? Right. Yeah. That's interesting. The, the, the human components really, I'm going to have to think about that one. The human component is super interesting. So um, what, what was your storytelling journey? Like how did you find your way into writing and putting novels out there? What's, what was your uh, journey like? Well, I, it was n- not anything I'd ever planned. Uh, you know, I didn't grow up as a little kid and go, Oh, I'm going to, Hey mom, dad, I'm going to write books for a living. Um, it really started in college. I needed credits and I took this creative writing course and, uh, God, it was eight in the eight in the morning. And that just didn't work for me back in my college years. Uh, so one of the, 
requirements of this class was to keep a journal. Then you could either uh, you could either write down what you did that day or do a story, like little segments of a story, continue along. And I blew off this journal for like a month, and I was like, I I didn't know what I did for breakfast the day before. I didn't know how right. I was going to do a month worth of events. So I just started writing the story, and that's actually where Indian Hill um, came from. That's one of my series. And um, and then what? And then oh my gosh! It was like 15 years after college, I grabbed this box out of my garage and found the old handwritten uh, story I had wrote. It wasn't finished. I was like, "Well, what is this?" And I read it. And I was mm. like, "Why isn't this finished?" And then I finished it. And then we tried to find it a home, and we must have contacted every agent on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, and nothing happened. And then that's uh, when we started our self-publishing journey. And and so, what like what what's been self-publishing? Like what's that journey been like for you? Uh, you know, how long ago was that? We're talking 12, 13 years now. That was pretty much the infancy yeah. of self-publishing. Like I don't even I didn't really know what it was. My wife was like, We'll give it a shot, we'll just throw it up there. Um, and that's what we did, you know. She sent the file up to Amazon and we had piece of crap stock cover. Uh, I, I didn't even have the book edited, which big mistake. <laughs> um, and you know, I, I don't know. I probably couldn't have bought a cup of coffee that first year off of royalties. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I wrote the second Indian Hill for the audience of three that I had. Um, and then for whatever reason, I started thinking up the zombie um, series in my head and for whatever reason that that book resonated um and it caught on a little bit and then i so i wrote zombie fallout 2 and then i had a bigger audience and then by zombie fallout 3 i was paying bills wow. like legit house bills i was like whoa this is nice and then by the fourth book uh so i did have about four or five books out by now um you know i made the move i you know i left uh I left my job and have been doing it full time since then yeah. What, what are, what are some of the lessons? I mean, like a lot of people hear your story and they say, that is exactly what I want to do. <laughs> I want to write a series. I want to find an audience. I want to publish. And I want it to, you know, hit a point where I'm paying some bills, be nice to make some money, but like most writers, their dream is to write full time. And so sure. like, what, what do you feel like are the really important lessons you've learned along that self-publishing journey that you would kind of share with somebody five years or 10 years behind where you're at right now? It's, I think it's exponentially more difficult right now. I'm not trying to dissuade anybody. Definitely yeah. pursue your dreams. Um, at the time I broke in air quotes, um, Amazon, the self-publishing, like I said, was newer and they were really pushing indies. So that was a huge deal. Um, and then, uh, you know, I got on with uh, Tantor Media Group for the audio rights early on, and they were phenomenal. They they did marketing magic, which I can't even imagine. They just because those books caught on fire. Uh, you know, definitely my a definite piece of wisdom would be if you if you do write and you get approached and you get a contract, pay pay to have a lawyer look it over. Do not mm. sign your rights away. You know. There are so many people that want to separate your money and your intellectual property from you with no 
recompense. Yeah, I mean they'll just they'll just take it and it won't look yeah. back. So definitely take a minute and don't just sign it because like oh my god someone reached out I love you you know because um, that fades quick when you realize you're getting posed. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, as far as as far as like what your self publishing process and journey looks like now, um, do you do you find that you know, because you've been publishing for a while and you've built up an audience, do you find that you have a better handle on what's going to resonate in the market as opposed to, you know, when you were earlier in this journey or do you still kind of write, uh, hope this, hope this takes, <laughs> you know, I get, I get worried with every release. You're always yeah. afraid, like, you know, someone's going to be like, Ooh, you know, he was doing good. And then he laid an egg, you know? Um, and I've got books that like one of the books that means the most to me, I don't know that it's actually even broken even yet, you know, oh. <laughs> I don't know if we paid for the editor on it. So would I love to tell you, I know what's going to resonate. Well, I mean, you got a good idea because I'm 18 novels into my zombie fallout. So it's a good bet that I know that that's going to resonate. Um, but, you know, sometimes things that I think are just going to crush it. Not so much. You know, we, we tried, um, uh, we gave a, Graphic novels ago, but that's a tough market, you know. Yeah. So there's, there's, I've definitely got some uh, wins and losses in the columns. Yeah, yeah. Um, what kind of marketing do you do now? I mean, like one of the big things that, especially like indie and self pub authors are hearing, is just how important it is for them to be doing marketing and building their author platform and all, all the things. Um, for for the launch now, like I know you have a launch coming up in five days. Um, what does it look like? Before you launch, like, what are you doing to support the books? What's that process? Uh, there's definitely a lot on social media. Um, you know, love or hate Facebook. Without Facebook, I'm not doing this job. Um, right. You know, I'm back, back in Cube City somewhere, probably still in Colorado. Yep. Uh, in terms of the business aspect, I, I don't, I don't mean to brush off your question, but I pretty much distance myself from that my wife who runs uh the publishing company here um she does all the advertising and the marketing and i just it it in i don't know how folks that don't um do it like i know sean chesser he just does it all himself i don't know how it's almost like being a single parent with six kids i don't know how <laughs> you can juggle all those balls at the same time yeah. you know and luckily my wife has taken most of those um duties off of my plate where I can concentrate more on the creative process. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd love to give you tips and tricks, but I, honestly, I, I don't do them personally. Yeah. So we, we need a follow up with the two of you. We'll do like the first how yeah. writers write joint interview. I've never done a two person interview before. Maybe that'll be, maybe that'll be a follow up. So um, what is your creative process? So, I mean, to, to churn out the number of books you have um, to, you know, continue to write and, you know, produce there, there's always a process behind it. I mean, uh, one of the things we've tried to break down is this perception that writers just sit down and magic flows through them, you know, like it's just butterflies and rainbows are coming yeah, out of them. And then they, that, I got a muse that sits on my yeah, corner. And then they just kind of like float through the rest of their day and the universe is speaking to them and they drink tea and smoke the cigarettes out of the long cigarette smokers. Like, so, so what is your process? Like, like, what is it like for you to put a book together 
um, how, like in the course of a year, roughly, how are you spending that year as it relates to like producing work? Um, you know, I had to learn early on cause I, you know, especially since I started doing this full time, it's terrifying. I'm not built for sales. I was blue collar most of my life, did a little bit of white collar where I kept getting laid off. Um, but sales terrify me because you just don't know, you know, one day mm-hmm. you sold a car, the next day, the next week, you don't sell anything, you know, so get to juggle that. So I'm constantly working. Um, that's maybe the con of being your own boss. Uh, <laughs> that the truth. So, but I was, I mean, I was working literally writing seven days a week. And I was like, did that for a couple of years where I was, I had pumped the brakes. I'm like, dude, you, you got chill. You, you've got to find a balance here in your life. So what I've done is um, I've got this process now where I write 400,000 words a year. That's it. Uh, Ends up being roughly-ish 2,000 words a day, Monday through Friday, take the weekends off, and then get, I don't know, I want to say two or three weeks off at the end of the year. You know, normal vacation stuff I can kind of wrap my head around. But that is my goal, and I've I've stuck to that now, I want to say, the last five or six years. Wow. That's a lot of words. I mean, that that's like a lot of output. It sounds like it, but when you write it out of fear, it's not that much. <laughs> if, if you write out of fear, is that what you said? Yes. Yeah. When you have fear motivating you, you could keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so for, for your typical book, like how long are you planning the book? How long are you doing like a first draft? How long are you editing it? Um, being an indie publisher, I'd love to just kind of like break down, like, what does it look like for you to bring a book to market? Uh, you know, I've, I've told a lot of people this, people don't generally believe this writing the book is hands down the easiest part mm-hmm. that I, I love that part. Everything that comes after, uh, <laughs> what rating is your show? <laughs> uh, whatever, ra- whatever you want it to be. It, yeah. It's. <laughs> It's unlimited. A- after writing, <laughs> after the writing, it sucks because yeah. now you're doing the the redrafts, the editing, the beta reading. You know, and and you know, you could write the most incredible stuff on the planet, but I don't want to read my own stuff four times, which I end up doing, and then going through the edits, the re-edits, the beta reading notes. Um, so typically. Sorry about that. Typically, um, it's about six months of work from uh, page one till the end. And then it's out into the wild. And then you're looking at probably two months before, you know, it's produced into audio form. Got it. Got it. And so are you writing 2000 words and editing and doing beta readers around the year is it is it you're juggling multiple projects at once essentially yeah i mean i'm currently i don't recommend but i'm currently writing four books at the same time not not like not at the same time but like i'll revolve between them as one idea strikes for one particular scene i'll pop over to a different book and and so that's what i'm doing yeah ergonomic keyboard that's the moral of the story. I can just read between these lines right now. I'm like, ergonomic keyboard, save those knuckles in those hands. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm, and I'm still mostly a uh, two-fingered typer. Oh, man. Um, I'm yeah. a little better, but 
it's still mostly two fingers. Oh man, that that must take that must take a lot more like that must take a lot of commitment and time to be typing 2000 words with the with the finger typer. I mean like like you you're quadrupling the amount of time just to put the words under the screen. <laughs> yeah, you would you would not imagine I can get some decent speed going. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like watching my my um my wife when she texts i'm like how do your thumbs move that fast yes. like like the speed yeah. her thumbs moves as she's writing um we all have our way that's that's the moral of the story so um so i i i would love to kind of revisit this as as you look back having published so many novels and producing so much and you know, really sticking to something over the long term, which I, you know, most writers, right, especially, you know, newer writers, the thing that's so hard is it's not the story ideas, right? It's not coming up with cool characters. It's sticking with something that maybe doesn't exactly feel great day to day, but long term adds up to being something awesome, like finished books, published books. And so if you could go back and you could tell yourself anything that you know now, kind of at this go back to the start of your publishing journey, of your writing journey, something you think would really make a big impact on you emotionally or your output or perspective, whatever it might be. What do you think you would go back and tell yourself? Uh, I would tell folks uh, or myself. Um, I mean, I guess I did. So I don't, maybe I, maybe I did go back and took my advice, but stick with it. I mean, there's, there's a lot of folks that for Right or wrong, I'm, I'm sure every once in a while it happens, but they believe once they put out a first book that um, money, 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 I'm going to yeah. be rich and famous. J.K. Rowland's going to invite me over, you know, and it's like it doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, maybe one in a million nails it and just gets a, this hit, but the vast majority of us got to put in the hours. You you have to work at this. It, 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 this is not by any stretch of the imagination a get-rich-quick scheme which I really think people believe yeah, a fair amount, a fair yeah. amount. I'm not, not everybody, obviously. Yeah. I, I think, um, I do think that a lot of times the big success stories are really celebrated and you see these authors who, you know, have such a huge impact and, you know, their books are everywhere and, and people think maybe that's representative of like an expectation they should hold. And, um, not that you shouldn't set big goals. Of course, that's not it. Not that you shouldn't be working and being like, I want to achieve something like that's very different than an expectation of expecting your first book or whatever to be some smash hit runaway, which is probably a setup for disappointment, like setting too high of expectations is in anything, right? Like you can set well, too high of expectations in anything and be disappointed, you know? Uh, even those folks that are, look like they've run out. I mean, that's happened to me where um, I've seen these guys, male and female, explode out onto the scene. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, where did they come from? You know, right. and then, like, I know a fair mom, and I'll reach out to them. And they're like, no, 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 I've been doing this for 15 years. You know, yeah. like, oh, I'm just hearing about you. You know, but that doesn't mean that they weren't behind the scenes doing the blood, sweat, and tears like yeah. the rest of us. You know? Yeah, don't call it a comeback. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, so now, now it's the point of the show. I get to transition us to the to kind of final questions of the, of the interview. So, um, for those of you who might be listening for the first time, I ask the exact same, it used to be four and then became five and now it's six questions to every single guest on the show. So this is 
number 120 times I've asked this, these questions. <laughs> and the point of doing this is because um, a big part of the show and something I reinforce over and over and over again is the writing life is it's so critical you find your way of putting words on the page, right? Um, everyone is different. For some of you, you might be waking up early. Some of you might be staying up late. Some of you might write on a lunch break. Some of you might write when a kid is napping. Some of you might write whatever. It doesn't really matter. What counts is that you find the way that you create because there is no one right way to do it. There is no one size fits all. It is very individualistic. And my hope is that you hear these answers and you think, oh, everyone answers these differently. Every single author I have gives a different set of answers. And I hope that encourages you. Yeah, I hope that encourages you to find your answers, to maybe laugh a little bit, find some cool stuff, some inspiration here, um, and to create your process to put words on the page because that, it's a before and after. You you can dream all you want about writing, but until you learn how to actually put words on, um, that is when the progress starts being made. So my preamble done, let me dive into these questions. So the very first question I have for you is this. how do you see uh, your role as a storyteller in this world? Um, I like to see my role. Well, obviously, I want folks to enjoy my stories, but I, I do get a lot of correspondence from folks that my books, because there is a balance of horror and comedy, um, that it has got them through some uh, difficult times in their lives, whether it's mm. been a death in the family, a divorce or anything traumatic. And I just, that make it makes all of this seem so surreal. And so I, I guess that's part of how I see my, you know, uh, entertainment, but also escapism would be my, role. Yeah. you know, how I feel about my yeah. role. Yeah. Okay. Question number two, what is the one word that best describes you? <laughs> see the comedian in me wants to say stoner but um <laughs> i guess there's more to it uh yeah, okay what the hell we'll go with stoner oh i love it i was like please say stoner please say stoner no one's ever said that before so i'm so happy you did it um okay great awesome all right so question number three if you had to pick a spirit book so this is a book that uh if you died and you were able to be reincarnated as a book, this would be the book you'd want to spend all time being reincarnated as. What would it be? God, I freaking love the Harry Potter books, but um, uh, this book that just has stuck with me, I read it years ago. Uh, Susanna Clark wrote a book, uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. And I don't know, I always think of that hmm. story. So it, it it's really good and it's it's almost two books in one and I don't know I just it was it was really entertaining so I'd probably go there okay. and maybe if I could go to the side and go visit Harry Potter I would do that too. So. That's a pretty good setup. Yeah, no one said Harry Potter yet. Interesting that you'd think that'd be a great book to spend eternity as, um, and I've never had that yet. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, not. I'm not deep, brother. <laughs> next question if you is there a specific tool it can be anything at all pencil software chair coffee tea anything that you absolutely must have to write stereo speakers stereo speakers you get music like like singing music yeah i have rock and roll, hard drive hard, hard rock blasts while i write 
Wow. I've never heard that one either. That's amazing. I get that though. I I I wear headphones just like this and and have to have really loud music as well. Um something about the it brain, makes a it protective cocoon. Yeah. It uh it 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 actually like pushes every all the distractions away. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh next question. How do you deal with the constant ups and downs of the writing life? Oh, like I said, it it's I'm not built for sales, and it, it's it's terrifying. Um, and there are always ups and downs. Uh, I just I go with the notion that you know, even when it goes down, it, it is going to go up again. You know, mm-hmm. and then, but I don't want to always be living there when it goes up. That like, oh, when's that shoe gonna drop too? You know, so right. I I try to be as even keeled as possible, no matter how high the high, how low the low. So mm. okay. just kind of try to keep that ship steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, last question for you. If you could give one piece of advice to new writers out there, what would it be? Do not skip editing, ever. <laughs> ever. I'm telling you, you will get crucified by the masses if you skip editing. So you're saying like copy editing, like make sure there's no typos and draft problems. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. 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 It's, it's generally the least expensive form of editing. Uh, and it, it is, if you're going to be publishing something, if you have any budget at all, it's probably a good place to put it. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't rely on Microsoft editor or even Grammarly. I mean, they, they have their fixes and they'll catch some stuff, but, they're not going to do what a person could do. Yeah. Agreed. A, a really good editor too is like, like they catch stuff. It's like crazy. The amount of errors. I, you, I, you know, we'll have <laughs> a book that gets, I do my read. It gets edited. I go do a reread. It gets re-edited, it, you know, two, three betas. And then I'll do a final read and there'll still be stuff. It's like, yeah. how is this possible? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know that. I mean, I've read, you know, Dean Koontz books where I'm sure 30 people looked at it that had typos, you know? Right. So it happens. I don't know that there's a perfect book, but you don't want one every page where someone's getting irked. They're getting pulled out of the story because you get too many words. You don't have enough mm-hmm. words. The word ain't right. Yeah. 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 Um, where can people find you online? Are you Twitter, Facebook, Instagram? Where do you hang out? Uh, I guess I'm, I'm the old fogey, but I'm mostly Facebook. You can always email me. Uh, I am on Twitter. I, I don't know about Instagram. I keep wanting to do something there. Um, and then, you know, I have a, a website and all that stuff. So I'm fairly accessible if anybody's actually reaching out. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, Mark, I so I so deeply appreciate your time. I, 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 I'm sure you can tell I'm so interested in the idea of dystopia. Um, and reading about it and talking about it. And so it's fun to kind of dive into it and hear about your process, how you bring your books to life and have, you know, made this like great self-publishing career. Like I said, I think that's going to be for a lot of listeners. They're going to hear that story and think that's what I want to do. That's the exact place I want to wind up as. And so I'm hopeful you'll serve as, you know, an example of what's possible. And I, uh, yeah, I so appreciate Brother, it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, if I could do it, there's no reason to think anybody else could, you know, I didn't go to, I didn't go to writing school for 17 yeah. years and, and to figure out how to do this. 
just had a story folks wanted to read. Yeah. It's as easy and as hard as that, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, don't mean it to sound trite. There's a lot of work there, but yeah. it can be done. Yeah. I think it's more, I think it's more calling out. We make, there's so much in the writing life from craft to marketing to editing. I mean, there's just so much that goes into writing that I think sometimes boiling it down to the simplicity of what we're here to do is writing a story other people want to read. Um, take some of the pressure off maybe a little bit. Maybe maybe it helps out a little bit, not be so wrapped up in plotting devices and character arcs and all the contraptions that we talk about. So um, it's a good reminder, I think. I agree. Yeah. All right, Mark. Well, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. It's great having you on the show. Thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on here too. Thank you again to Mark for his time. If you haven't yet, please, please leave me a rating and review on Apple iTunes. It really helps out a lot. Also, you can check me out on Instagram. It is happywriter underscore co. Also, if you're not a member yet of Happy Writer, what in the world are you waiting for? Check us out. It's just happywriter.co. Membership is absolutely free. Lastly, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, my friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful week of writing.